Welcome to the Business Diaries podcast, where we uncover the stories that shaped the business owner. Brought to you by Lisa Settle and Isla O'Hara. Welcome to the Business Diaries podcast. My name is Lisa Settle. And my name is Isla O'Hara. And we'll be your hosts for today. The Business Diaries is a storytelling platform for businessmen and women to share their stories, the ups and the downs in business, and the sometimes very hard lessons learned. We've had three fantastic years hosting live events, and now, more recently in 2020, for obvious reasons, we've moved online. The podcast was born in January, and we have had the pleasure of hearing more stories and having the added bonus of chatting to the storyteller afterwards. So, Today, it's all about confidence as we explore the topic, decisions, decisions. Isla, who's in the guest seat today? Oh, thank you, Lisa. It gives me such great pleasure to welcome confidence coach Andrea Barker to the show today. Andrea shared her story with us back at the live event in 2017. But before we hand over to Andrea, let me tell you a little bit about her. She's a clinical hypnotherapist. I should say, along with being a confidence coach, she's a clinical hypnotherapist, NLP practitioner, and she's passionate about empowering her clients, particularly to feel more confident, to like and love themselves, and to reach their full potential. To get to know themselves deeply and to feel happy and to be in control. She's also a qualified trainer and speaker and regularly gives talks and workshops along with her one-to-one sessions. Welcome to the podcast, Andrea. Hello, thank you. Um, lovely to be with you, Isla and Lisa. I'm really looking hi, forward uh, to Hi, Andrea. Yeah, today. thanks so much for coming in to chat with us. Uh, well, we're, we're super excited that you're here today, and I can't wait for you to share your story with us once again. So over to you, Andrea. Thank you. So as a young teenager, I desperately wanted to go to art college. So now I take you to my second year as a student nurse, way back in the mid-1980s. In those days, the wards ran like clockwork and were immaculate. I really valued and enjoyed my training very much. On this particular day, I had a bay of six patients and I was responsible for their observations and charts. There was some tension in the air because we had a ward round that morning from our top surgeon, which was a thing that was generally feared. Even the patients sat up to attention in their white linen beds with perfect hospital corners, I might add. This particular surgeon was amazing at what they did but would let you know in no uncertain terms if things were not up to scratch and frequently struck fear into the poor little medical students. There is a joke and it goes like this. What is the difference between God and a surgeon? God does not think he's a surgeon. You now get the picture with this particular surgeon. Suddenly, The surgeon appeared early, striding onto the ward, white coat flapping with an entourage of medical students scurrying behind. The ward sister snapped into action and along with all the other staff and patients, held their breath. 
My day was first and I hadn't quite finished. The poor patients were looking anxious. The surgeon picked up a chart and discussed a few things and asked impossibly hard questions of the medical students, completely ignoring the patient as it was in those days, no bedside manner. Getting to the last patient in the bay, the surgeon picked up the chart and boomed. Who is responsible for this patient? I said quietly, I am, whilst quivering a little. Why has this chart not been completed? But before I could answer, the surgeon threw the clipboard like a frisbee towards me. I had to swerve out of the way and it clattered on the floor behind me. I was a bit shocked and as I bent down to pick up the clipboard, something changed and I made a decision. Where the confidence came from, I don't know. I stood up and faced the surgeon and said, if you've finished having your tantrum, I will do the observations now. In that moment, the ward sister drew a breath. <gasps> the medical students <gasps> and the patients. <gasps> For some reason, I was very calm. The surgeon was not. They almost turned beetroot and I thought they were going to explode. They spluttered at me angrily. How dare you speak to me like that? And walked away from the bay with everyone scurrying behind. The patients in my bay just looked at me. But even though I was a bit worried, I felt that I'd done the right thing and that no one, regardless of their status, should treat people so disrespectfully that we all matter. I felt I was standing up for every perceived little person. Needless to say, as the morning progressed and the ward round had finished, I did start to have a feeling of dread and wondered if I'd just ended my career as a nurse. Suddenly, I heard the ward sister call me. Nurse Barker, the office now, and she curled her finger at me to enter. My heart skipped a beat. I took a deep breath and went into the office, resigning myself to my fate. The office had all of the ward staff present. Nurse Barker, no one speaks to the surgeon like that. I hung my head. And then to my surprise, the sister said, well done. And they all broke out in a round of applause. It took me a while to take it in. They just couldn't believe that a student nurse had put the surgeon in their place. Imagine. The surgeon never actually looked at me again. And though it was not my intention, my name and that story did fly around the hospital for quite a while. The end. And a quote I like to use is confidence is from the inside out. Oh, wow. What a story. <laughs>
I love taking set the scene on the walls, Andrea, with all the nurses and the student doctors and the consultant all gathered around the patient's beds and, you know, that drawer, that in-breath, you know, that, oh, my God, what did she just say? You know, oh, God, so brave. But, you know, luckily things worked out for you, but it could have gone the other way. Um, there's an enormous potential there for you to have found yourself in hot water. What yes. did you think afterwards? I mean, you, you said that you thought, oh, my God, that's the end of my career. It's when when you'd given yourself time to the days after that, what what did you think? Were you aghast at how you you summoned up the courage to say that? Or what were your thoughts? Yeah, actually, I did kind of think I can't I can't actually believe I've done that. And I think a lot of people couldn't believe that I'd done that um, because up until that point, um I, I was very sort of conformist, really, um, and I would never have spoken out. But I think I just something, yeah, something snapped a little bit for me. I just couldn't believe his behaviour at the time. Mm. Um, I mean, that's, that, I mean, it is unheard of, isn't it? Of it's you know to do that, but you can quite imagine it in those days. Quite yeah. imagine it. Yeah, and I think that actually, um, I mean, they were a brilliant surgeon. Not to take that away at all, but. I think that it, it was almost an expectation that that's how you were going to be treated. Um, and, and I like to think that in that moment, I probably changed things a little bit. But yeah, I did. That really could have gone either way, though, for me. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I'm interested in the sense that you said that up until that point, you'd been fairly conformist. You you know, you didn't want to rock the boat. Um and then here you are absolutely rocking the boat. And as, as we said, that the impact of that could have gone both ways had your had the ward sister and the other nurses not clapped um, and, and rewarded you in, in that sense. But up until that point, because you were quite young, I think, at this point. I think yeah. when we were talking, you said you were 20 or, or so? Yeah, I was 19 or 20, yeah. So how had you approached making big decisions up until that point? And do you think this event changed the way you made big discussions uh, big decisions yes I, I think so because up until that point it wasn't that I couldn't sort of stand up for myself sometimes but I wasn't in the habit of it and I, I think part of me just felt I wasn't just sticking up for myself I was I was sticking up for everybody else but it did change things because during the course of the rest of my training there was a couple of things that I wasn't entirely happy with and I would have just gone along with it but I felt that I kind of had the courage to to step out and and to speak up um, and I think what helped me at the time was that I felt I wasn't just doing that for me um, yeah. yeah and then going forward yeah I, I think I think when we had a discussion before I was sort of saying to you I did learn to maybe be a little bit more tactful as time went on so, <laughs> so I'd say that no I wouldn't have, have um you know I haven't had an experience like that again um but it was definitely a turning point yeah yeah I, I can imagine but I mean you've moved on obviously now and you've you've spent many years helping people um as the confidence coach you've done a brilliant job helping people through this very difficult year I know that you've been on radio um you've done all sorts of things really that I, I've heard you've been up to so well done for stepping up because it's it has been very difficult you've I'm sure seen all sorts of things but certainly 
mental health issues and anxiety, I would say, probably June 2020. Yeah. Um, it, is there, you know, anything that stands out for you there f- through through the pandemic times? Yeah, I think I think what has surprised me, and this has come up quite a few times actually, for for some people they've never quite experienced anxiety before. So they might have had anxiety before, like an exam or something like that. But I think this year for a lot of people, um, it really has been unknown waters, hasn't it? It's like we've all Mm. experiencing something that, you know, we haven't really got any real guidance on how to go through it. I know, obviously, with with lockdown and things like that, but, you know, we've got rules in place and guidance in place in that sense. But I I think what's really affected a lot of people is just not being able to plan um Mm. so worrying about the future and having anxieties that they've never really had to think about before no I think that's right I I can remember the anxiety I felt in the the very early days in March which was completely new to me completely new that's the feeling of a very tight chest and and that doom and gloom and that fear but not knowing what it was about was, yeah. Was, and I can remember even dreaming one night that, that we'd run out of liquid soap, oh. and, you know, the, the anti-back soap, and that yeah. we couldn't get any. And, the, you know, and that was a, a panic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so just you just don't know what's lurking in the back of your mind, do you? It's It was a very strange, very strange time, and, and you know, obviously still is, but let's let's hope we move on from that. One one of the things I wanted to ask you, Andrea, is that I've often heard you talk about the importance of discovering new opportunities when it comes to increasing your confidence. Can you elaborate on that for us? Yeah, so a lot of the work I do with people around confidence is what Isla said at the beginning, actually, about helping people understand themselves a little bit better. Um, But then the confident side of that in terms of opportunity is also recognizing the skills that they have but then stepping out of their comfort zone and Mm. knowing that you know stepping out into discomfort doesn't have to be as painful as they might feel it is in their head um you know it's like sometimes the fear of doing something and, and what can be alongside that fear like oh what if I get it wrong what if I fail what if I make a mistake what if it's not right those sorts of things that you can overcome that and actually, once you step out a little bit and then step out a little bit again and then do it again and realise that you didn't die and that actually, you know, you have got the skills, you you are able to do certain things, then opportunities open up for you. And when you've got confidence, you then are more likely to say yes to them. Yeah. Um, I think once you've, once you've done, once you've overcome one hurdle, then you've got that little added confidence, haven't you, to to apply to the next hurdle. Yeah, and having that confidence in yourself to allow yourself the opportunity Mm. because a lot of people turn down an opportunity because they don't feel that they're going to be good enough. Mm. And so it's like, well, do you know what? At least give it a go. And then once you sort of learn that even a mistake, inverted commas, is not the end of the world it's it can be a real learning opportunity and so then you start to not fear things in the same way so you know I try to work around that with people 
Yeah, I, I think you've picked up on a couple of things that are just so important in the sense that some, in many cases, I think quite often we can be our own worst enemy in the sense that we allow the voices inside our head to, you know, just almost prevent us to talk us out of doing things. Like you're saying, this fear of, of not being good enough. Um, have you got any top tips to maybe share with us and our listeners on how to quieten these noisy voices that, that are in our heads? Yes. So um, I've, I've got a fun one to do because some of it, I think, needs to be fun. And as soon as you can make it funny, I think it does help. So just imagine that that voice on your shoulder, give it a character. So, for example, mine's a minion and my minion is called Bob. <laughs> so I literally talked to Bob. Um, I spoke to another lady a little while ago and she, she really made me laugh because hers is called Alan. And it was like, <laughs> um, but you can actually, I know it sounds bizarre, but you can actually talk to that little, imagine that that little minion sat on your shoulder. Um, it's also understanding though that that little minion is doing its very, very best for you. It's just become a habit. So that little voice where it's saying, oh, you know, maybe we're not good enough. Maybe it's going to go wrong. It's only trying to protect you. So what I would say is have a little bit of fun, as in sometimes I flick Bob off my shoulder, like literally. Um, but try and listen to what is being said and decide whether you value that opinion. So it's like, OK, do I value that opinion? And is it actually true? And then I've got a question that I uh, well, I don't need to ask myself it so much now because it becomes a habit. So at first you practice it. And so the question is, what's the worst that could happen? Really, really, uh, really. And so when you start to break it down as in, well, what is it that I fear? What is it that I'm doubting? And you break it down. You find out that, say, for example, oh, well, I might get it wrong. Well, then it's, well, what's the worst that could happen? And then you realise that the worst that could happen is not that much at all. And so it's like, oh, oh, OK. Oh, I could cope with that then. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think I, I'm often saying that. Well, what's the worst that can happen? Yes. Yeah. What's the worst yeah. that can happen? And I, I'm often let, left with a, a steely stare from my husband because I think he says oh here we go again <laughs> but it's true it's true yeah. it's, you know you, you're absolutely right actually when you say that what is the worst that could happen and when you find out it's well I might not be very good at it but well okay so does that really matter you know yeah that's it you know, also you know it's a lesson learned so then that's another yeah. positive yeah, or, you know, sometimes, um, as, you, as you both will know, with sometimes the networking side of things, when we were able to uh, meet in person, mm, I know that a lot of people that. fear stepping out into a group where they don't really know people. But then the worst that could happen is you meet one person, as in, you know, just focus on meeting one person or that one opportunity could open up or you would literally be able to help someone else. So sometimes some people's anxiety around things like that or their self-doubt in themselves if you say to them well imagine that you could just help someone else just one person that can change it for them because now it's not about them it's it's like oh yeah no I can do that and, and I can see how that would work and so they're still giving themselves the opportunity 
while helping others mm. and also on that side of what's the worst that could happen really like really 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 I've been a nurse so it's like I always think well it's not going to be as bad as some of the situations that I've <laughs> witnessed so <laughs> yeah. yeah that's true that's true very true so what are you what are you working on at the moment? Where are you at today? You've been, um, you know, you've been a nurse and you've sort of had a, a, a varied career. But wh- where are you at today as, as what you know, you're the confidence coach, coach, I know. But what does that mean? How, how do you spend your days? Yeah, so for me, I'm nearly at my five year anniversary, which I can't believe, um, which is on the 1st of January or 2nd of January, mm, um, which I can't quite believe. Thank you. Um, And what I'm working on at the moment is that I developed a course a couple of years ago that really has been, it's been good. And I love, I love the structure of it and the fact that it's been able to help people. So I'm I'm working at getting that online presently. So um, I have to say it's taken longer than I anticipated because there's so much to think about. But I also felt, especially this year, what this has taught me is that I didn't really think that I could do um, confidence coaching or hypnotherapy over Zoom, um, or I know there are other platforms, um, but actually you can reach more people. And then having done some courses myself online, it's like, oh my goodness, I could reach more people. Um, Mm. So that's what I'm focusing on at the moment is because some people are not confident enough at all to even pick up the phone or make that first step. So if they could do that within the comfort of their own home, then that's what I'm focusing on. Yeah, that's ideal, isn't it? Being at home actually. And and that might you might find that you're gonna reach a much bigger audience now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's yeah, it's 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 nice to be safe in your own home, I think. And yeah. you know, and haven't you did I think you said to me at one point that you've been speaking to people in different countries as well yeah so um my furthest um person's been in Singapore um yeah and I've got people all over the country which that's I think that's been a revelation for me personally Mm. um and I think you know there obviously there are there's been lots of anxiety particularly for this year but there's also been some positives where people have been able to reflect and to think about themselves because they've had the time and so a lot of the people that have reached out out to me, it's literally because they've had the time to sort of think, do you know what, I need to start thinking about myself. So, you know, there's there's good things that can come out of that um, and helping yeah. people move forward. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's been a year of firsts for a lot of people. I think people have taken, you know, stepped up and thought, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to yeah. do that what you know yeah I'm sure that what's the worst that could happen has been said many times this year <laughs> yes probably yeah. yeah and obviously that's not to negate that there have been some terrible situations for people but absolutely yeah absolutely. but for most people yeah I think that there's been lots of reflection <laughs> yeah yeah and you've been helping people on uh, on the radio you've been on BBC Kent yeah. as, a, as a regular yes Tell us about that yeah, that that was amazing actually, and um, it's been lovely speaking to Pat Marsh to you know again reaching a wider audience and really feeling like I'm able to give some help and advice to those people that are suffering with anxiety and 
yeah, the feedback's been really positive. So, yeah, that's been amazing. I've really enjoyed doing that. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I, th I think we've got some fabulous takeaways from our discussion today. We've covered so many, so many topics. It's almost hard to pick out sort of the, the what what stood out for us. But I, I think for me, taking us back to your story, Andrea, that there is definitely a right and a wrong way to speak out. But alongside of that, there is an importance to speaking out that you know if we don't speak out when we really feel a sense of injustice that almost bottling it in can just not do us any good at all and and it might just be a small event well not, not a small event in your case of you know having a clipboard thrown at you but that <laughs> moment where you bent down and you pick it up and that's that almost snap decision that the way you truly felt burst out yeah and that if we have something that we need to say that we you know, we do consider it. We do consider how to say it. We are diplomatic yeah. in the way we say that. And we empathise with the person that we're, we're, we're talking to and that we give ourselves the respect to speak out, but we give respect to the person that we're speaking to as well. I think oh, that's yeah. a key, key message for me. Yeah, yeah and, and I, I think, think you've worded that really well, actually. I I think that also what's admirable, admirable is the fact that you were so young because that was quite a wise move in a way. I mean, some could look at it as foolish, you know, granted, because it was quite a decision. But, you know, for someone so young to and you've had, you know, to, to recognise that. And so you've had the added benefits of the years gone by because some people might not make that decision until late in life. Some people are walked over for many many years aren't they so yeah and I think you know that with the confidence side of it you know some of the work I do ties into self-esteem as well and it is also what Eisler had just said about you know we almost owe it to ourselves to stand up especially for injustices mm. and and the fact that we we all can in our own little way um make an impact obviously tactfully as possible but yeah, I think that, you know, we we should stand up for ourselves. We should stand up for people that can't stand up for themselves. Um, but that does take confidence. Um, and so, you know, a lot of the, like that decision was a snap decision. And I think, you know, Isla hit the nail on the head, really. I think it was, I just felt that it was such an injustice mm. um, and, and that you shouldn't speak to people like that. And and having been a nurse, what was so interesting, I'd only been a nurse for about two years, well, student nurse at that point. But once people, especially in the hospital environment, when people are unwell and they're in bed, as in they're ill and they're in that hospital bed, they are the same as the next person. And that's what you learn. Mm. And, I, and I think that, you know, and also, <laughs> you know, this is on reflection and this is our, our dis from our discussion the other day. I think that the fact that I was a little student nurse, that's why it had more impact mm. um, yeah, in terms of, true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think my takeaway is all to do with what you were saying about new opportunities. Uh, it's a great reminder of how new opportunities can lead you to step out of your comfort zone. That sense of achievement when taking part in something different or something that you thought you previously couldn't do really does have an amazing effect in confidence. I, it reminds me when I took the cycling challenge in Vietnam. Sorry to bore you with that again. But 
you know, for a whole year, if I'd wake up in the middle of the night, you know, about three o'clock, I told myself I couldn't do that. Yeah. What what on earth are you doing? Why did you sign up to that? You know you can't do that. And that went on. That little voice went on for a whole year, um, and if not a, a little bit longer, right up until the day before I did it, or even the morning. I, I mean, I, I was really, really scared the morning we started the ride. Um, but, you know, you can imagine the elation and the confident boost that I got when I finally did it. That yeah. sense of achievement was massive. And, then, and you that, could see that yeah. so many other women did the same. People on that, that event, you know, there were many people when we, we cycled over the finish line, there were women who just burst into tears because, you know, they'd obviously shared that thought I can't yeah. do that. And yeah. all of a sudden, they just they just did. Yeah, so, oh, you know, amazing. All those yeah. lessons that you learn along the way, so, so valuable. So, I mean, definitely that was a huge lesson to me to just just try, just try and step out yeah. of your comfort zone because that feeling of achievement is just amazing. Oh, it is. And like you said, it then adds to your confidence. I think, well, if I can do that, then I can do this. And if I can mm. do that, then I can do something else. And yeah, that, yeah. that sort of stepping out. Just wanted to ask you a question though, Lisa. What have you what have you named that voice? <laughs> I have I didn't have a name for that voice, but I will get a name for that voice. I'm gonna think of a really good one. A really yeah. good one. I think it's gonna have to be a name that I don't really like. Is it or not? It's up to you. Do I want to like that voice or not? Maybe maybe a name that makes you smile, like a funny name. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I tend to go for the funny option, except that some people have had some horrible names for that voice, but it doesn't matter whatever works for you. (laughs) Yeah, maybe that might might be the wrong thing for me to do a name that I don't like. Yeah, no, I'm going to have to think. I'll come back to you with that, but (laughs) I definitely do have that person on my shoulder, most definitely. But what's interesting, though, about what you said was that even though that voice, you know, was talking to you for a year and you were you were concerned, you went for it anyway. Um, yes. And I think that obviously there were other things going on that you, you might be concerned that you're going to let everybody down and that you've made the commitment and there's all that that goes alongside it. But yeah. It, just, it, the interesting thing was is it was always very diff- different at night. The voice spoke to me at night and I listened. During yeah. the day, I was like, well, what's the worst that can happen? I'm going to do yeah. it. I'm signed up to it now, so I've yeah. got to go. So I'm going, you know. But at night, it was like, no, you can't go. You can't do this. What if? What if? And you know, who do you think you are? And all those sort of yeah. things. It's interesting, isn't it? How that in the yeah. in, so at three o'clock in the morning that that comes up. But also another another thing that you've mentioned the what ifs. What I say to people is turn the what ifs around. So what if it's fantastic? What if it's amazing? What if I learn something I never knew? What if another door of opportunity opens? Yeah. You know, what if I do better than I thought I could? It's like turn your what ifs into something else. Yes. Um, and, and you can, as in you can do that. So that thought in your head, you know, that voice, you can change it. Yeah. It, you, it's not that you can't. You can. You can say, OK, I hear what you're saying, but what if it goes brilliantly? Mm. And then that little voice goes quiet, like, oh, yeah, well, it could do, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think strategies as well that you, you you develop to help you cope with things like that. And, you know, the, the first day of doing that cycling challenge was was blooming hard, <laughs> to say the least. Um, but I the, the strategy that I put in place there was 
to know that the sun went down between five and half past every day and we didn't have any lights on the bikes. So we would always reach our destination between five and half past five um, each day. So I just knew every day when it was tough, I would just look at my watch and think, would you know what? It's not the end of the world. We, you know, I've only got another three hours to do or, you know, what what have you. And it, it, that was what got me through every day thinking, you know, it's 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 just the, the day is long and it's it's going to be ending at this time. So that really helped as well. So if you can develop your own strategies to get yeah. yourself through things, that always helps. Definitely. Definitely. I think we've covered so many things and so many interesting topics and strategies. And thank you, Andrew, for being such a super guest and being so generous with your tips and advice. How could people get in contact with you? So um, they can find me on LinkedIn as Andrea Barker Confidence Coach. I'm also on Facebook as Andrea Barker Confidence Coach. My website's the same. It's Andrea Barker Confidence Coach and I come up in the search engine for that. Um, And I'm also on Twitter as Andrea BC Coach. Fabulous. Thank you. That's, That's great. Well, unfortunately, we've run out of time. It always happens. So that's going to have to be it for today. But all that remains is to give thanks. And of course, big thanks go to our guest, Andrea. Thank you so much for sharing the time and your and your advice and knowledge. And of course, your story. We'll, <laughs> thank you we'll so much. We'll never forget that story. Oh, thank you. I've really, really loved it. Thank you to you both. Um, no, it's a really lovely process to go through. And if any of those little tips can help just one person, then that makes me happy. Yeah, and we do also thank you for your support, Andrew, because you've been to many of the live events after sharing your story. And I think you were at the very first event as well. Yeah. So you've been a, a lovely supporter for the Business Diaries. Thank you very much. And we really hope to get back in the room and have some live stories um, in 2021. Fingers crossed. Let's hope so. But, yeah, but until then, um, we, we thank our fantastic editor and jingle maker Paul Cheese who has brilliantly supported us as well throughout the year. Isla have we got any announcements or anything before we yeah um, we do we uh, a couple of announcements really we're just excited to say that if you uh, haven't heard our interview Lisa and I were interviewed on the 10th of November uh, on the Business Bunker radio show show. Um, do listen in again to that Uh, you can hear that again on www.businesskentbusinessradio.com So do go and have a listen to that. Uh, Lisa and I are sharing with Paul Andrews why uh, why we set up the business diaries and why we enjoy doing the podcast so much. Do keep in touch with us via Facebook and Twitter at The Biz Diaries. That's B-I-Z. We'd love to know what you think and uh, we appreciate any feedback you can give us. And we really hope that you have loved this conversation as much as we have. Yeah. An enormous thanks go to you, the listener, for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. And, of course, we wish you all a very Merry Christmas. We'll be back in January with our next podcast. Bye for now. We hope you have enjoyed listening to this edition of The Business Diaries. We would love to hear your feedback. Please find us on Twitter and Facebook at The Biz Diaries. 